Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Cain Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. This is Sharp Money with Patrick Maher and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the sports betting network. VSIN, the sports betting network. This is Sharp Money. Hour three on a Friday. We'll run the board. Professional handicapper Scott Spritzer will join coming up in just about 29 minutes as we welcome you back. Amal Shaw, Dustin Sweetelson. I'm Patrick Maher. The. We've got plenty to get to as far as college football. Just wanted to pass this along, though, boys. As the Steelers won last night, they're five and three, but I'm sure you're starting to see there seems to be some consternation with George Pickens. So apparently he's been posting memes that kind of allude to the fact that he's not overly happy. The Steelers wide receiver and this matters in 2023. He just unfollowed Kenny Pickett and Mike Tomlin and the Steelers official account while deleting all Steelers content from his account. So I don't know if he's bitter about not getting his toe down last night. I I don't know what George Pickens is pissed off about, but apparently not a happy camper, the wide receiver right now. I just don't understand these decisions by these players. I get if you're frustrated. Why not go to Mike Tomlin? To me, seems like Patrick, the kind of coach, you can go knock on his door and say, hey, coach, I'm frustrated because you guys aren't getting me the ball on third down or in these situations, and they would discuss it. I I don't understand why do this on social. Total pestilence. You're you're right. That doesn't make any sense. Big guy, you're the big social man. You see anything else as far as this story is concerned? I'm trying to find his Instagram. I think he might have deleted his Instagram as a whole. I think it's all gone. Instagram, straight flexing. Hey, um, okay, we'll keep you updated. Something to look look into. Uh, Look, the reason we bring this up is because obviously props have become so profitable for many betters and you start looking then following weeks is it a situation where he gets more targets because oftentimes squeaky wheel or does he eventually uh, get shut down because of his pestilence so we we sell we shall see as far as George Pickens and the Steelers however a busy week 10 in college football let's get right to it LSU boys at Alabama DraftKings is sitting three a dollar 12 juice so we could be I know I see Circa went to three and a half with Alabama Lane and 61 and a half on the total. So just something to recognize there. One, Bama, who's coming off a buy at seven and one, they most likely will win the West, the SEC West, if they do beat LSU this weekend. And of course, their national championship hopes, as you mentioned, big guy, doesn't go away, won't go away, and they'll keep them going. LSU enters the game, 14th ranked team in the country, sitting six and two. It traveled to Tuscaloosa, number eight, Crimson Tide. Last season, LSU, as we know, beat Alabama 32 to 31 in overtime. Amal Shaw, we'll start with you here. Yeah, look, I'm going to tell you right up from the jump, I like Alabama, but I got to tell you, I'm going to give you some stats on LSU that makes it hard to sit there and confidently take the Crimson Tide, even though I love them in this spot. Number one in total offense, the LSU Tigers, averaging 552 yards a game. Number three in passing offense, Jaden Daniels, Malik Neighbors. This offense has been outstanding. Running the ball, this team averages 213 yards per game on the ground, number 13 in the country. And oh, by the way, 
number one in the nation in scoring offense. This team has been electric. You go back over their last four games, they've scored at least 40 points in those tilts. Now let's go to the other side of the ball with Alabama. This is a team that ranks in the top 25 in scoring defense, 28th against the pass, 20, uh, excuse me, 21st against the run. A very solid defense, but they're going to be facing off against the most elite offense they've played all year. But Patrick, there's two factors in this for me why I like the Crimson Tide. This game is in T-Town. Huge advantage playing at home in Tuscaloosa. Night game, 7.45, 6.45 local time kickoff. Fans should be pretty loud and boisterous there. You mentioned it. This is going to determine the SEC West. And both teams are coming off of a bye. Nick Saban's team in a real opportunistic situation here. They've been kind of slighted, been forgotten about all year long. If I told you before the season Jaden Daniels would p- play this well, nobody would probably believe it. But if you could get the Crimson Tide at home against LSU and Brian Kelly, minus only three points with Jalen Milrow, who's starting to play better and better, and Jalen Burton coming on. I think you'd take the Crimson Tide all day. I know Dustin's going to tell you why he likes LSU, but this is an absolute unload the clip on Alabama. This is a gift at minus three. This number rarely exists. Alabama's the lowest ranked they've been against LSU since 2010. That won't matter Saturday night in T-Town. Alabama wins by 10. Okay, if you want to back what Amal is saying, bet it now because some shops go into three and a half. So Bama three is the number. And you mentioned Jaden Daniels uh, out of nowhere, although played well last year. This is going to be the ultimate test for the LSU quarterback as he's going up against this Saban defense that has extra time to prepare. You take a look at the Heisman market. I know, big guy, you got to play on this one. Get to you in a second. Michael Penix Jr. over at DraftKings plus 280 is your favorite. J.J. McCarthy plus 360, your third betting favorite. And there is the LSU quarterback uh, third in the market at four to one. Go ahead, Dustin. Yeah. So to Mal's point, lane three at home, this is the lowest Alabama has been at home since facing Auburn in 2010. I think there's a reason for it. As I mentioned last segment where I just, I don't think this is quite the same Alabama team. They're still talented. They just don't have the same experience, the same dudes they've had in recent years. Saban's 2-1 lifetime against Brian Kelly, but Kelly, 1-0 at LSU. Uh, also should mention, I have an Alabama national title 40-1 and Jaden Daniels 12-1 ticket. Both are somewhat on the line here. I initially saw the line dropped here at Circa in the D at 6 on LSU. I wanted to jump in then. By the time I got the freaking app lo- loaded, it was 4. I took 4, took more than a field goal because that felt right to me. LSU leads the country scoring offense, total offense, passing TDs, first downs, third down conversions. They're number 3 in pass offense, number 13 in rush offense. And I think all of us would look back on Joe Burrow's season for LSU in 2019 and say, it's one of the great seasons any quarterback's ever had in the history of college football. Well, he had six games where he had 400 yards of total offense. Jaden Daniels already has five games with 400 yards of total offense. He's one away from matching what Joe Burrow did in that one season. Alabama, the issue for them is the long ball. They are ranked 85th in passing plays of 30-plus yards. That's going to be a strength for LSU in this high-powered offense. They have the number one receiver in the nation in neighbors, and Brian Thomas leads the nation in receiving touchdowns, plus a veteran offensive line to protect Daniels and clear paths for the run game. Uh, And finally, uh, the Alabama offense not clicking. Ninth in the SEC in total offense, eighth in scoring. Uh, they're just not quite the same to me. And the last three times these teams have faced off of a bye. Last year, LSU won in overtime. 2021, Alabama won 20-14 in Tuscaloosa. And 20 to ni- 2019, LSU won in Tuscaloosa 46-41. I think Milrow is susceptible when he can't just chuck it downfield. The intermediate routes give him trouble. And I see this being an opportunity for LSU to cover the spread of four. More than a field goal feels too much of what should be a coin toss. Amal, any retort to the breakdown from the big guy there? I think it brings up a lot of great stats, and he's correct in terms of what he's talking about at LSU. And Jaden Daniels deserves a ton of credit. Patrick, we talked about this a few weeks ago. I don't think either of us were high on Jaden Daniels transferring to LSU, and Brian Kelly and company have revived him in terms of what he's been able to do. But again, you mentioned Milrow in terms of inconsistency with his offense. But Patrick, when the play breaks down against a mediocre defense is exactly what the Crimson Tide have. We saw what uh, Brady Cook and company were able to do with Missouri. We 
We saw how many points Ole Miss and Jackson Dart were it's able to put issue. up. A, it's a major issue. And I got the best athlete on the field pulling the trigger for the Crimson Tide. And with Jace McClellan back there, I'll take my chances. Burton and Bond have a big day. I like the Crimson Tide here. And look, if Dustin's correct on Monday, I will tip my cap to him. But there's just certain spots I want certain teams in. And Alabama getting such a short number. If you look back on it, we don't catch Bama at these types of numbers at home very often. I like Alabama here. Okay, boys, if this one carries over into the next segment, so be it. Let's talk about because I think it's fascinating. Washington here in Los Angeles at USC. Right now, Washington's lane three. No surprise on the total, 76 and a half. We, this is a fascinating matchup because I've told you here in Los Angeles, there are a lot of issues inside kind of an insidious situation right now at the program that is USC. Obviously they go hang half a 50 on Cal, but didn't Cal score 49 on them as well? The defense is non-existent. They get pushed around up front. Uh, however, you've got an 8-0 Washington team that's probably got the best win on the year. I think we all agree against Oregon. However, they have strung together two bad performances, if we're being fair. Stanford and Arizona State both horrific for a team that wants to win a national championship. You can't do this. USC's no good on defense, but they can score with anybody. Again, 377 and a half of them all on the total. Well, let's start with the total 77 and a half. And you know what's uh, similar to that? The weather on Saturday in Los Angeles. It's going to be beautiful, sunny skies at the Coliseum. And it is ideal for two teams who want to air the football out. USC's terrible in terms of the passing game. They're only seventh in the country. And the reason why I say they're terrible, because on the other side, Michael Penix and the number one offense in the country are going to annihilate Alex Grinch's defense. Patrick, this is a team in USC that ranks 105th against the pass. 109th in scoring defense. And you mentioned it. SC was fortunate enough that Cal doesn't convert the two-point conversion or they would have given up 51 and had the loss there. They gave up 48 to Notre Dame. Outside of playing Pittsburgh and USC, Notre Dame couldn't score 48 against seven guys on defense. This is a team that's had issues against the Buffaloes, against Arizona. Arizona State somehow managed 28 against this team. San Jose State scored 20 on this team. Michael Penix and company will have at least 28 by halftime. Caleb Williams will be his Superman self with this offense. Roma Dunzier, uh, Polk, and McMillan are going to have a monster day in this game. I, but here's the problem with all of this. I can't play the over now at 77 and a half. We've gone through 11 touchdowns. And you're going to need another uh, score after that. The number seems like it's elevated or escalated too high. I don't have an opinion on the side, even though I lean towards Washington. It is going to be an absolute fireworks game from the offensive perspective in terms of throwing the football. And by the way, I didn't even mention Marshawn Lloyd. This guy's an absolute dude. You know him well. He played at South Carolina, transfers to USC, and he has been a difference maker at the tailback position. I also think one other thing will prevail in this game because you know what on the other side of the field in terms of the offenses. You're going to see some risk taken on fourth down. You're going to get the full opportunity of four downs in terms of executing. Uh, if this thing comes below 77 at any point in time, I'd play the over. Okay. We'll get the big guy's take on Washington USC coming back. I'm just going to say this as we go to break. A lot of smoke right now surrounding Michigan and Jim Harbaugh. Just right now, specifically, there's a lot going on. Maybe something to look at. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon. Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slam dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. 
Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast to start listening. This is Sharp Money with Patrick Maher and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the sports betting network. Become a VSIN Pro subscriber today and get a daily email recapping all the best bets from our show hosts and guests. You also get unlimited access to our VSIN.com slash picks page, sort by picks by sport, matchup, event date, and more. Also, check out the top VSIN experts leaderboard to view the betting records, profit, ROI, and see which VSIN experts have the hot hand. So, again, the VSIN Pro picks, betting splits, betting guides, 24 7 video access, all the guides we do included for 120 bucks through May 1st vcin.com slash subscribe that's vcin.com slash subscribe okay so as we were going to break we were discussing i know big guy you got to play here and we're going to jump over to k-state and texas as well a busy week 10 we've got to talk about bedlam which is going away after 100 years oklahoma oklahoma state we've got scott spritzer coming up professional handicapper in 15 minutes to run the board nfl wise as is customary here on a sharp money friday washington three big guy at usc 76 and a half on the total yeah look i i bet this game as soon as it came out on sunday and i thought i was going to end up getting the best of the number it did go to three and a half momentarily but it's sitting back at three pretty much across the board everywhere so uh ended up getting the numbers that exist today so wasted all that time on sunday trying to beat people uh, I love Washington. I have a bunch of futures on Washington to win the national title. And normally I'd bet the other side here. And instead, I'm going to double down on the Huskies. Uh, this offense is so explosive. They lead the nation in passing offense. They're number five in total offense. They've had 56 scrimmage plays of 20 or more yards over the first eight games. That's the third highest total in the nation. They're super explosive. Also, I don't think they're getting enough credit as a team as a whole. This is the second longest winning streak in all of FBS right now. 15 wins in a row. The only team with more consecutive wins in the Washington Huskies is the Georgia Bulldogs. And they have 24 because they've won back-to-back national titles. Uh, this defense for Washington, I think, it doesn't get enough credit. Uh, UW's defense allowed just 28 plays of 20 or more, more yards this season. They could potentially be able to limit USC some. You can only limit that offense so much. Uh, I also, when you look at USC, you mentioned uh, the, the score of 49 last week with Cal. So they beat Cal by one in Berkeley. Cal drops 49. Cal's reached 49 points four times since 2016. One of those games was double overtime. The other one was earlier this year against North North Texas, Texas, who plays zero defense. Uh, Less than USC. They're allowing 32.6 points per game. The key to this is pretty simple. USC's pass defense, 104th. All Washington's defense has to do, get a few stops here and there, which they're certainly capable of doing with the players they have, and Washington will end up winning and covering this game. I also love the fact that Washington was ranked fifth in the first polls of the year because now they can come out and want to send a message on the road in the Coliseum and let the the voters know they deserve to be in the top four. Patrick, you said something before we went to break. SC struggles the previous couple of weeks, and I think you're absolutely right about that. I think this bodes well for Washington bouncing back in a strong way offensively. One other thing, if SC loses this game, I still think it's a quality win against a good opponent. I know they got beat by Notre Dame. They had the three picks by Caleb Williams in that game, and the tight game that they had. uh, What was the other loss they had in conference? I'm, I'm drawing a blank on right now, but for USC. Uh, but I, I still think this is a, oh, against Utah. Yeah. I mean, that, that was a, what, a one or two point loss there. But two. 
I think this, if you can go on the road and you can beat Caleb Williams, you're going to have to score 45 points tomorrow. Had they somehow lost to Cal last week, I wouldn't be betting on Washington. Had USC lost to Cal last week, I wouldn't bet on Washington this week. The fact that they did win, I'm willing to bet on Washington this week. Boys, Kansas State, Texas is fascinating because first off, you start with Texas, who's going to need a little help to get into the college football playoff. They have won six straight against Kansas State, but your 2022 defending Big 12 champ, Kansas State, starting to rock at the right time, right? Three-game heater after the loss to Oklahoma State, and they've been tremendous on both sides of the ball. Third downs, great on the offensive front. Also, the Big 12's number one defense. This is a lot right now with Kansas State that could give Texas some issues. I'm all, we'll start with you, set up the number. Right now, Kansas, excuse me, Texas is laying four, and you've got a total of 50. Well, let's start where you just picked off, uh, where you left off at, Patrick. Third down conversions offensively. Kansas State, number one of the Big 12 at 55%. The next closest team is Kansas itself at 49. I know 5.5% doesn't seem like a big deal, but on third down, that's a huge deal. Third down conversions by opponents. Texas number one in the league at 27%. Uh, Kansas State number three at 29%. They're tremendous on the defensive side of the ball. You mentioned it. Number one overall defense in terms of points given up per game. Kansas State at 16 points per game. The Texas Longhorns right there at 16 as well. Both teams are tremendous. But offensively this is where there's a little bit of separation. Kansas State is averaging 37.5 points per game. Texas is at 34.5. Not that much of a difference, but Malik Murphy's the guy calling the plays, excuse me, running the offense this time around. That'll be a difference than Quinn Ewers, and I think that's going to hurt them a little bit. Texas is number three in the Big 12 in offensive efficiency. They've done a great job so far, but Kansas State not too far behind at number five. But defensive efficiency, Kansas State number two, just behind Iowa State, Texas number four. For me, as what Patrick just said, the Kansas State defense is the difference in this game. Guys, I'm pointing towards the under 49 and a half here. I also like K-State. If you could have gotten Dustin's five and a half, or you could have gotten four, four and a half. Right now, sitting at three and a half. If you're going to play K-State at this number, now I would look at the money line at plus 160. Chris Kleiman's team is not afraid. Will Howard's an experienced quarterback. They've got the edge right there in that particular spot at the quarterback over Malik Murphy. I like K-State here. Money line, and I like them under 49 and a half, but the stronger play being on the under 49 and a half. Yeah, Kansas State just so sound and so good right now, clicking at the right time. You know they're well coached. Four and 50, big guy. What do you got? Uh, well, speaking of well coached, Chris Kleiman is the most profitable coach in the Big 12 in conference play. 16, 7, and 1 ATS. I believe fourth overall for coaches against their own league. ATS right now. Uh, Kansas State is one of six power teams that ranks top 15 nationally in both scoring offense and scoring defense. Over the last three weeks, the offense has averaged 40 points and 472 yards per game. Is that good? Look, the key for me here, I'm not, I have all these stats I could list. Them all did a good job listing, especially the third down efficiency on the defensive side for K-State. I think that's massive here against an unproven quarterback. But over the last two seasons, the Wildcats have held 14 of 15 Big 12 opponents under their season scoring average when they entered the game. Meaning you don't face this team and do what you're expected to do because they're well coached, because they're disciplined. And I think this is one of those years where they have the offensive element back. So many times with Kansas State, you don't know what you're gonna get offensively. Well, they have Will Howard, and then they have that freshman who runs wild, Avery Johnson. I think because of that dynamic duo back there, that could cause a lot of troubles for Texas. I think uh, Kansas State's going to be able to dictate a lot of the pace of the game, and I don't see them messing up. I love the five and a half that I got on Sunday. I still like them at three and a half. I don't think you go go ahead. No, just going to add real quick. Pay attention to DJ Giddens if you haven't seen him play at the tailback position. He's an absolute dude. I don't think either of you... You know what? Speaking of the tailback position, I'm going to transition to this one. Bedlam and Ollie Gordon, Oklahoma State. Like it was a team that started off where we're questioning what was happening there in Stillwater. All of a sudden, last four games, Gordon, 857 on the ground and eight touchdowns. Tremendous. And of course, 
We've got Oklahoma coming in off the loss at Kansas. Uh, Bedlam for the last time as Oklahoma, of course, headed to the SEC next year. Either of you have a play. It's it's six at DraftKings, five at Circa. So just to give you an idea of the variance and 62 on the total here, Amal. I I think it's going to be a tight competitive game. Bedlam generally is. I'm not going to play this total. Uh, Bowman's been good for Oklahoma State, and I think this team has been underappreciated, undervalued all year long. Uh, Remember, they played against Kansas State earlier this year. The line was, I think, about eight and a half. I could be mistaken on that one. But to me, this is an interesting spot here. Oklahoma has not looked good against UCF. We saw that a couple of weeks ago. They get beat on the road by Jason Bean in Kansas in this uh, uh, last week. If they can't slow down, you mentioned Gordon in terms of what he's done. I don't know. can't think off the top of my head how many other running backs are at 1,100 yards on the season. He's been outstanding. And then Presley in terms of receiving the ball, Brian Owens, a good trio there for Oklahoma State. Uh, you mentioned there was an arrest with Oklahoma, or at least um, Receiver, Farouk, Farouk yeah. was stopped by the uh, police in Norman, and that could be a concern coming in this game. Drake Stoops is going to have to have a big day, and I don't know who's going to get the carries and tailback for Oklahoma right now, because Marcus Majors didn't play against Kansas. That's a concern. Gave, Gavin Sawchuk hasn't been as good as expected, so they're going to need some balance from the running game if they're going to give Dylan Gabriel an opportunity to be able to throw the ball. Patrick, if they don't, I think the Sooners could lose this game outright. Okay, big guy, you got a minute. Uh, Ollie Gordon, the running back you mentioned, averaged six carries in non-conference play, yet still leads the nation in every major rushing stat. Yards, yards per game, 20, 30, and 40-yard carries. He's the only FBS player in the past 10 years with 250 scrimmage yards in three straight games. This rushing attack for Oklahoma State's average 5.7 yards per carry against Kansas, 8.5 versus West Virginia, and 8.5 against Cincinnati. My lean is Oklahoma State, not an official play yet, because I don't know what to make of Oklahoma. Oklahoma this year. They are a weird, weird team. Again, Ali Gordon, last four games, 857 and eight touchdowns on the ground. That's Barry Sanders. Shout out to Oklahoma State. When we return, Scott Spritzer joins. He's got plays and also we're going to run the board. This is Sharp Money with Patrick Maher and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the sports betting network. Okay, quick break to talk about Zen nicotine pouches. We're always debating what a team needs to do to get to number one, but Zen nicotine pouches are already there. It's helped millions of people achieve lasting change, earning the title of America's number one nicotine pouch. You can find your Zen at your local convenience store or online at Zen.com. That's Z-Y-N.com. As a warning, this product does contain nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. We welcome you back here on Sharp Money on a Friday. Of course, Amal Shaw, Dustin Sweetelson, I'm Patrick Maher. We're going to run the board and doing so, professional handicapper Scott Spritzer joins us usually on a Wednesday. Nice enough to shift to Friday this week. Doc Sports, DOCsports.com for all your handicapping needs. And Scott, at Scott Wins with two T's on Twitter. And over at Doc Sports this weekend, you've got uh, something pretty cool going on, Scott. It's us against the spread. Yeah, thanks, Patrick. Good to be on with you guys. And, you know, it's it's one of these things that, you know, we watch these newsletters that come out every week, and we thought it would be cool to start this this football season where it would be kind of like a, a video-slash-audio newsletter. And the cool thing about doing it that way is we don't have to get it to a printer. We don't have to send it to mass emails on a Monday night to get it by a Tuesday. So we get all the updated injury info that we're able to give out every single week. We do the college show on Thursday, the NFL show on Fridays, and uh, we cover every single NFL game on and Monday Night Football and about nine or ten college football games. So I've been, managed to be able to go sixty six and forty two thus far wow. on this show. It's a pay per view show. It's it's basically twenty bucks a month, nineteen ninety nine a month, and uh, it's over at us against the spread dot docsports dot com. Uh, but enjoy it because it really is an electronic newsletter, if you will. Sixty six and forty two. Hell yes, yeah, Scott. Nice little run. Us against the spread. Go check it out at Doc Sports. Okay, boys. We know how this works. Amal, I'll just give a couple of plays here from Spritzer College Football. Then we'll get to running the board NFL style. And you can't quit your home state there, Nebraska. You're gonna lay the three with Nebraska at Michigan State in East Lansing this weekend, Scott. 
Yeah, I like the job Matt Rule's done. And, you know, over the course of his college football head coaching career, he's done extremely well against the spread and including 30 and 13 on the road. He's 20 and 7 against the number in November games. His teams just tend to get better as the season progresses. And so as far as Michigan State, we might have mentioned this on the Wednesday shows way back when the Mel uh, Tucker scandal surfaced. And I said, okay, that's it. Rest of the season, I'm either playing against Michigan State or I'm staying away from the game. I've played against them three times. We've cashed all three. They're 0-6 since the scandal broke. 1-5 against the spread, and five of the six losses came by an average of 26 points per game. The thing is, is their offense, 11 points per game during the skid. And if you look at the numbers over those six games, they're averaging 98 yards rushing per game on just over three per carry, 55% passing, about 188 passing yards uh, per game on just over five yards per pass, four touchdowns, nine picks. So Nebraska and Tony White, you know, they got this 335 defense that's stopping everybody but Michigan on their schedule, uh, one of the top defenses in the country. And I do believe that the Spartans are going to wilt again. I like Nebraska to win this game. The line's three. I think they win by seven to ten points. Won't be pretty. I think it'll be like a 23-13 type of game. Patrick, I love this play against Michigan State here. The only positive I can say about Sparty is they got a young quarterback out of Westland, Oregon named Sam Levitt. This kid's pretty good. He's going to be a guy that Michigan State builds with in the future. But Scott's absolutely right. Michigan State, you saw them against Minnesota, Scott. They were horrific offensively. They couldn't do much. The Gophers actually shot themselves in the foot with some opportunities early on in this game. Big red here on a cheap number. You know what's good also, guys, real quick? I was going to say, there's a pro scout out there who I caught this on one of the national radio shows in the last few days, and he goes around and he's looking for talent, obviously, to be drafted in the NFL or signed as free agents. And he said out of all the schools that he's been to this year, the top two hardest practicing football programs that he's seen, the Georgia Bulldogs and the Nebraska Cornhuskers. As a Nebraska fan, it's good to see that Matt Rule's getting tough on his team, unlike what happened with Scott Frost. Yeah, no doubt. They needed a change in culture after Frost. That was uh, chilly, to say the least. I'll see my way out. Okay, uh, Boston College, you, you actually found a three. It's been bet down to two and a half at Syracuse here. You're taking a three with BC. Yeah, I grabbed a three a couple of days ago. And the thing about this Syracuse team, I just mentioned Tony White moving to Nebraska as D.C. He was the D.C. at Syracuse and, and installed that 335 defense that they're now using in Lincoln. And so what do they do? They go out and they get the guy who kind of founded it, which was Rocky Long, to coach still a 335 defense at the Cuse, but it's not been the same. The results have not been anywhere close to what Tony White was producing. And, you know, B.C.'s won four in a row. They should find consistent success tonight, 14th ranked rushing offense. They average over 211 yards per game on the ground. And if you look at the Orange, these losses that they've had now, four in a row, I mean, they're all by big margins. The shortest margin was 17. The other three were by 28 or more. So it's a team that can't really stop anyone. They're 109th against the pass. They're bad against the run. I think BC goes in there and gets the outright win, although I did grab the three, and as you mentioned, it is down to two and a half. Real quick note on that. Um, I think you were off one week, Patrick, and I was discussing with Amal and Dustin about don't buy half a point. If you want to go back about 30 plus years, which myself and a good buddy of mine with a big long database, uh, we went back and looked and we saw that over the last 30 plus years, the average final score is over 12 points away from the point spread in college football. And with books charging more to buy a half a point, it's just a situation where you're really devaluing your bet if you do. Hate to say that when it's a three and a two and a half, we're all ingrained to know what the key numbers are, uh, but I still think BC is worth the price. Scott, I love what you just pointed out there, and it's a great, great point. That's why college football teasers, Patrick, are a bad play. One other thing I would add, if you're going to follow Scott on this play and you're at two and a half right now, I would take BC on the money line plus the 125. I, I think this is a tough game to call, but I think there's just as equal, if not a better opportunity for BC to win this game than it is for them to lose by four or more. Okay. Great information. It sounds like you and Big Al McGordy getting together, or Scott. So you got it. it Big Al like McGordy with that big database. That's <laughs> <laughs> what it sounds like to me. All right, boys, let's do this. And we'll run the board. Rotation number. Again, Scott, doesn't have to be an official play. And he's got a couple other plays. We'll send those over um, for the picks page as well as far as college football. Just a lean and a thought process on these games. NFL board. 451, Miami at Kansas City. Frankfurt, Germany. Germany, Kansas City right now, Scott, is two, and the total is 50. 
You know, Miami's offense, guys, has been about speed. And then they expand, you know, downfield, expand teams downfield. It opens things up over the middle of the field. I'm not the only one that's talked about this week. Great, uh, great Cosell, a great NFL mind has brought that up. But now they're facing speedy defenses. Tua and the company have not been so hot against speedy defenses. They scored 17 in that 14-point loss to the Eagles. They scored 20 in a 28-point loss to Buffalo. Uh, the offense was completely shut down by the Eagles. And in those two games too. He's got two touchdown passes and two picks and he was sacked eight times. And the one thing about KC, man, they own the quickness on defense to really disrupt to his timing and rhythm offense. And I think offensively for KC, they get back to their fundamentals. And you're talking about a Miami defense that gives up over two dozen points a game. I, I think KC bounces right back from last week's loss and gets the win here uh, by seven to 10 points. I love this play here, Patrick, in this particular spot. You mentioned Kansas City coming off the loss, but when you look at the Miami Dolphins, guys, this is a team that has been beating up on weaker opponents. A couple of opportunities they've had to play teams that are competent, Buffalo and Philadelphia, they've gotten their doors blown off. And this is a similar situation. Now you've got a team in a bad spot. I like Kansas City to bounce back here. Of the units on the field, the Chiefs' defensive front and the defense as a whole is the key to the whole game. They're going to make an impact. I like the Chiefs in the first half, minus half point. Total sweep. I totally agree. It's a perfect spot for the Chiefs. The travel does worry me a little bit with them getting there in a tardy fashion, but I agree with you, the three of you. 4-5-3, Minnesota at Atlanta. It is Hall starting for Minnesota. Scott Heineke under center for Atlanta. It's four with Atlanta Lane at 37.5 on the total. Yeah, I like to give credit where it's due. The uh, Action Network pointed out that the last 18 times a quarterback has made his first NFL start on the road, those teams went 3-15 and 15 straight up. And, of course, you're talking about the Vikings and Jalen Hall. The pass defense is bad. They allow teams to complete about a 70% completion rate, by the way, of late. Offensively, they don't run the ball when it matters most. But the thing about the Falcons, they're tough to back. They've covered one of seven. And here's the thing. Atlanta's banged up on defense. And, you know, Hall posted terrific numbers of Brigham Young through the year. He also showed that he can use his feet, guys. He escaped pressure when he needed to at BYU. Atlanta, very conservative on offense. So having said what I did about the 3-15 and 15 thing, I still think the Vikings plus the points. They're an opinion, but I still have an opinion on the Vikings plus the points rather than laying it with the Falcons. I'm going to stay away from this game, Patrick. Hard to call, but the number's coming down now. Three and a half in favor of Atlanta here. Uh, quarterback play is going to what this game boils down to. I uh, kind of like Falcons in the first half, minus two and a half, but I love Matt Collins over his reception, receiving yards total, 16 and a half. Gone over that six, seven games this year. Better quarterback, no Drake London. One word, YOLO. Taylor Heineke. <laughs> I'm going to fade the steam, okay? I know we're going away from the four down to three and a half, like Amal said. All's a disaster. The Falcons are going to be completely taken over by the Heineke Hive. Give me the Falcons at home, a dispirited Vikings team after losing Dustin Sweetelson's MVP and Kirk Cousins. We come back, continue running the board with Scott Spritzer next. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Cain Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slammed up. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here 
both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And guess what? So are we. Just in case you forgot, I'm Tori Deal. I'm a six-time finalist and a Challenge champion. And I'm Anissa Ferrer, and I've been gracing your screens for the last two decades. I am a veteran challenger and challenge all-star. And speaking of all-stars, All-Stars 4 is finally here. I'm going to be honest. I literally thought this day was never going to come. Well, the challenge gods have answered our prayers, and we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, redemption seekers, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. Anyone can win, relationships matter, and only one all-star will claim the title of challenge champion. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Sharp Money with Patrick Maher and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the sports betting network. Okay, bet $5, get $200 instantly over at DraftKings when you use the promo code SHARP. That's for new customers, plus every day at DraftKings, a no-sweat, same-game parlay. DraftKings, the crown is yours. We got you back here, Sharp Money. Okay, boys, let's get back to running the board with professional handicapper Scott Spritzer, Doc Sports, DOCsports.com. Scott wins on Twitter. You've got the us against the spread, which has been White hot for Mr. Sprites over at Doc Sports. So we continue. I'm all Shaw, Dustin Sweetelson. I'm Patrick Maher. Next up, Mr. Spritzer, just a lean unless it's official play. Four, five, five, Seattle at Baltimore. And Baltimore is laying six and a total of 44. Yeah, you know, I'm a Lamar fan, obviously on and off the field. What a great guy. But, you know, Seattle outplayed Cincy uh, last week uh, in that game, and they end up losing. And, and sometimes Geno Smith, you know, can leave you frustrated. But having said that, you know, he's been a 57% cover when getting points in the NFL. And, you know, when it comes to Lamar and the Ravens, when do you play them? You play them when they're underdogs. I mean, Lamar and company are favored when they are favored by three and a half or more. They've only covered three of 17. So I think both defenses, which do get pressure on the opposing quarterbacks uh, are going to do some damage here and I believe Seattle can harass Lamar enough to keep this game close I think Baltimore finds a way uh, to win by a field goal but guys it's a lean but I, I like Seattle here plus the six I agree with Scott here Patrick we talked about with Chris Farley earlier I'm going to go ahead and take the Seahawks here plus six yeah, it's the only play. Seattle on the six. I know Baltimore got up a couple weeks ago for the Lions game, but they're letting other teams just stay in these games. And I think Seattle can actually potentially win on the road. Yeah, give me Seattle six. The Ravens are five and 11 ATS home favorites since 2021. Disastrous. We'll all go Seattle. Next up, 457 Arizona at Cleveland. Cleveland's laying 10, Scott. And you've got a total of 38 and a half. Yeah, last check looks like Watson's going to go, Deshaun Watson. And so far for the money, he's been a bust on and off the field. And, and you know, we know that Murray practiced this week for the Cardinals, but uh, it looks like the best matchup in this game would be the Browns' defense against, you know, Clayton Toon, the quarterback who's expected to start for Arizona this week, going to make his first road start in the NFL, which is a big advantage for Cleveland. But, of course, it's all baked into that number. And then the Cardinals' defense is third worst in pressure rate. They're dead last in opponents' success rate. Uh, the Browns have won all seven when they're favored of seven or more under Stefanski, but they're only three and four against the spread in those seven games. I lean towards the Browns. It was almost a play. I could not pull the trigger, guys. Uh, and the main reason is, is because, again, I got to trust the show right now laying doubles, and I just can't do it, but it's a lean on Cleveland. Uh, you know, to me, this is an underplay here. I think this Cardinals D offense is going to struggle against this Browns team. Scott referenced uh, Deshaun Watson. How effective is this offense going to be? Remains to be seen. I'll go under against a good Browns team. Under absolutely all day. Official play under 38 here. Great Browns defense against a limited Cardinals offense. And this Arizona defense, Jonathan Gannon actually knows what he's doing. Weirdest human being possibly walking the earth outside of uh, Jim Harbaugh that coaches football. But he knows how to coach a defense, and that defense keeps them in these games. Uh, I'll go under. Under Arizona Cleveland, 38 and a half. Totally agree. 459. The Rams at Green Bay. Green Bay, Scott's Lane 3. Total 38 and a half. 
Yeah, I look at the total in this one. You got Stafford, who's questionable. You got Nakua, who's questionable. And that line, because of that, has moved to Green Bay. And with the juice on three, it could go up another half a point. I don't believe Jordan Love is an NFL starting quarterback, at least not yet. And he's been in the league for a few years now. So for my, uh, what I look for in a starting quarterback, it may never happen. But he's facing a defense that's struggling over the last few games. However, they do get pressure on opposing quarterbacks. And Love has struggled when facing decent pass rushes. So you, you kind of still get a new, uh, a nice home field advantage when it comes to Lambeau Field, guys. But that offense stinks in so many key metrics, including but not limited to yards per carry and yards per pass. They're bad. I like under 38 and a half here, guys. No play in this game. Boy, this one's ugly. You can't lay three with Jordan Love, but you also can't take three if it's Brett Rippon. Feels like an under. Lay the two and a half with Green Bay in the first half. 461, Tampa Bay at Houston. Houston's laying three, Scott, total of 40. Yeah, good news for Tampa is that uh, Houston is a team with a losing record because Baker Mayfield does not fare well against teams that are above 500. He's kind of a bully. He does okay against sub-500, and then against winning teams, he folds, you know, and so uh, he's got that going for him. But what I like in this toss-up, to me, it's a toss-up of a game at two and a half, three points. I like a prop here. I think we can look for Rashad White under his rushing yardage props. I've seen 50 and a half yards rushing with a buck 35 to the under. I've seen 49 and a half couple of hours ago at a buck 30 to the under i like that prop better than any side or total in this game so for me it's rashad white under 50 and a half rushing yards patrick i'm looking at houston here but i'm not going to play it i think uh, the texans at home find a way important game for both teams in terms of their season both come in at three and four a crucial game give me the buccaneers with a little bit of extra time to prepare for a rookie quarterback todd Bowles will have the defense dialed up And I know C.J. Stroud had some press conference points this week about wanting to push the ball more downfield. Is he already getting frustrated with things in his rookie year? Uh, I like Tampa and the points. Under 40, Buccaneers, Texans, Washington, New England, 463. New England's laying two and a half, Scott, and a total of 41. Yeah, the handicap on this game changed this week with the trade deadline. Washington sitting Montez Sweat, a good run stopper to the Bears. Chase Young, good pass rusher to the Niners. And there goes a whole bunch of combined sacks, around a dozen. Uh, and the defense was already bad against the pass, and now they should be even worse. But then it's Mac Jones. Uh, really is tough to back against this defense or any defense, even though they're weakened by the trades. Uh, I'd like to say, you know, New England at three or less. But, guys, I mean, sometimes the best play is to pass, and that's what I do in this game. I actually love the Pats in this spot. I think Washington's in some serious turmoil. Lose sweat. You lose Chase Young. Offensive line, some concerns. Patriots, even though they're not a good football team, I think for the most part they haven't been as bad as maybe we perceived their record to be. Hey, guys, I'd like you to get weird with me. Mac Jones, <laughs> over one and a half passing touchdowns, plus 160. Washington allows the most passing touchdowns in the NFL, 18 and eight games. That was with Sweat and with Young, who were traded. He's thrown two touchdowns in back-to-back games. Only Josh Allen and Josh Dobbs have not thrown for at least two touchdowns against this Washington defense. Lay two and a half with New England, 465 Chicago at New Orleans. New Orleans laying eight and a half and a total of 41, Scott. Yeah, this is an interesting game because I was, we do kind of a Joes versus pros thing on uh, the show, us against the spread. And this one fits the bill uh, this week. We've seen the bears getting a lot of the money last check at one particular book, 70% of the money while the saints have received 70% of the tickets, but it's going to be Bajent for the bears. Again, uh, you are 17, seven and one against the number betting against Chicago the last 25, but guys, I just can't back Derek Carr as big chalk. Great guy. He's not that overall, but he always makes a key bad decision or pass or two throughout the course of a game in a key moment. And, you know, maybe it's the fact every year he's part of a new offensive coordinator quarterback tandem. Every year he's got to get, got to get used to a new OC back when he was in Vegas and now here. And as a starting quarterback, he's covered just 8 of 34 when favored by more than 2.5 points. He's covered 18 of 54 as chalk overall. Again, thanks to Action Network for pointing that out. Uh, I got to lean towards the Bears plus the points, which means I'm going to be on the respected money and against the public not always a bad thing to do i like the saints here in a survivor i mentioned but patrick i would look at the saints in a teaser or a money line play if you're a money line parlay player i think the saints win this game i don't know if they cover i like unders and saints games also look for some Derek Carr props bears allow the fourth most completions fifth most attempts and fourth most passing yards Saints over 24 and a half team total. Next up, Scott, you've got 467 Indy at Carolina. Indy's lane two and a half, 44 on the total. 
You know, I cashed with Carolina last week. It ended up being my top bet in the NFL last week and had to hold my nose when I made that bet, but they did get that win. And they only averaged 3.7 yards per play. But the new look on offense, the new coordinator, or the fact that he's new to calling the plays, uh, the coordinator, slowed things down a bit, did more huddle, and it really looked to help Bryce Young. And he had his top quarterback uh, passer rating thus far in his career. He's going to face this Colts defense. They've given up a ton of points lately. And I also think it's noteworthy that the Panther defense is top 10 in third down success rate. Uh, no threes out there anymore, but I think Carolina plus the points is the way to go. I'm with uh, Scott on this one. Either Panthers or pass. Chuba Hubbard over 13 and a half rush attempts. Uh, Panthers all day. Okay, one word answer, boys. Next uh, way out. Giants at Vegas. Vegas lane one and a half total is 37 and a half, Scott. I got to give you a two-word answer. No play. Maybe more than two words. Too many moving parts for me this week on this game. I like the Giants here. Barkley over rush attempts. Anytime touchdown. Also, Josh Jacobs, anytime touchdown. Vegas, 471. Dallas at Philly. Philly's lane three. Scott, 47 total. Man, Jalen Hurts, 100% healthy, or not 100% healthy, but the offensive line is terrific. 28-4 and as a favorite of at least three points straight up. I like the Eagles in this one, guys. Fly, Philly, fly. Eagles first half. Eagles, absolutely. 473, Buffalo at Cincy. Cincy's lane two, total 50 and a half, Scott. One word answer, over. I think we're going to see a whole lot of points between these two teams, and that 50 and a half doesn't scare me off. Who day, less than a field goal, Bengals at home. Josh Allen, anytime touchdown, won't trust his arm in the red zone. Who day, 475, Chargers at Jets. Chargers lane three and a half, total 40, Scott. I hate to have to do it, but I'm going to be suckered into the Chargers one more time. Had them last week, got a win, going to lay the three and a half here. Jets. Eckler props. Over 40. We'll see you Monday here on Sharp Money. Good luck this weekend. Scott Spritzer, Doc Sports. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.